I said, ooh, I'm blind. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't see. <laughs> the The first time I heard that was uh, Avatar The Last Airbender uh, meme on TikTok. Oh, God, which one? Uh, the one with Toph. Oh, yeah, that that was a special one. I thoroughly enjoyed that. We love Toph in this household. This is a Toph supremacy household. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. All right, what are we talking about today? All right, so we are discussing an interesting topic that I, that, uh, that I think that we should probably, as an education no podcast, Apparently, I can't stutter. I can stutter over my words just fine today. Mm-hmm. Um, ten out of ten. Good, good job on that one. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we should focus on actually like education and kink in and of its itself, like its entirety. We've 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 touted ourselves as education people of that re- do enjoy education mm-hmm. to the point where we're talking about it consistently over the course of our episodes. Yeah. But I want to discuss a little bit more today is exactly what we mean by continuing education as opposed to getting stagnant and just focusing on one particular thing and only knowing the baseline of skills so you can just get to picking up and playing okay so how much education is enough education that is pretty much what we'll be discussing and if you want me to answer that question i do so that depends on hold on we have to start the podcast god damn it (laughs) There we go. Okay. That was crispy. Crispy. So, I think everybody is getting to the point where, where we, we already talked about the whole 101 and 201 side of like classes and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I do want to like talk about as far as like when, when should your education stop, I personally think it should not. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly because when we stop learning, it's typically when we're dead. Because mm-hmm. uh, if you think you know it all, you probably don't. Unless you're like um, you're a trained master in the subject, and you're already like teaching people on a, like international scale. Mm. And even then, I, there's pro- definitely probably some things that they are probably continuously learning, like the fundamentals and all that. Mm-hmm. But what I want, but what I want to add to that is, where should you stop learning as mm-hmm. far as like your local community is concerned? Because most people won't ever travel outside their local community. They won't go to larger conventions. They'll only get to a point where they can get to get comfortable utilizing the tools in their own bag, and that's about it. Is that okay? Arguably. That's today's podcast. Have a good one, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, I personally... I, it's going to sound a little bit... It's going to sound a bit, I guess, um, a bit weird coming from me, but I personally don't think it is. Mm. Uh, mainly because I always think... Do you think people need to get out and travel past their local communities? Yes. Okay. Because you will see a variety of different ways that... Even just going across to a different city, mm-hmm. you'll see how different it is and how different they operate as far as their king stuff. Right. And then you can take it back. You can take back all the good bits from both areas of place that you've kind of like learned from played in mm-hmm. and kind of build everybody else up into a, a arguably better education. Like me learning whips from a single person, the entirety of my King career probably would have done just fine. They were a great instructor. They knew exactly what they're talking about, but also learning certain key things from someone else 
gave me would give me a different perspective on to mm. see if what I'm learning, how I'm utilizing it would change. And it did. Like the the performative version that I learned was very good for cutting things out of people's hands, mouths, um, whipping things off of people and brushing people's hair with the whip fall, which is very good stuff. Then utilize, learning how to play with that was a different set of skills entirely. Okay. Do you think that's affected by you being uh, performance driven? Uh, probably. It might be a performance thing because being, having a theater background will make most people be very performative. Yeah, because the thing I'm worried about is the people who don't have the means to get out or the wants to go to other places and they're just happy and just fine doing their little local community thing. I don't want to say that they're not valid. No, they're definitely valid. Um, But there is, if let's say, for instance, there is a smaller community that... Uh-huh is notoriously known for having bad shit and bad pe- and people come out of there not really getting they're getting injured they're getting this and that when learning furthermore into something to benefit that community be a benefit or would it be a hindrance or would it cause ostracization because it might cause ostracization as well well if they it sounds like the people that are already doing these practices wouldn't be open to learning new stuff anyway regardless of how much that they traveled out of their community this is true. Um, I guess the easiest way for me to kind of like make this probably a lot more palatable and a lot less like gaslighty um, mm. is for an individual wanting to know about a craft. Like, let's say if you there, there, there probably will be an end point to certain things like learning how to do spanking properly. Mm-hmm. There probably is an end goal for that. Like mm-hmm. you want to learn how to utilize the uh, the correct amount of force in various different ways to please your partner. And sometimes, if that's where all your partner is requiring, then there mm-hmm. is no reason for you to travel or do anything outside because now you have a goal. Your goal is to please your partner. Yeah. Which is fine. Which is perfect. I'm fine. a lot more comfortable with that perspective because, like, I I have this fear of a, um, like, a, a faux meritocracy kind of power dynamic showing up with this sort of thing that's fair Um, but i definitely want there to be an acceptable floor where if somebody is not above this point maybe exercise caution when you're dealing with them because they may not have enough experience or Or enough access to to, resources or access to resources to avoid uh, hurting you harming you harming yeah hurting is what we want harming is not arguably uh depends on who you're playing with mm-hmm. um so we'll leave that as the baseline because obviously the the end goal for yourself should always be to please whoever you're playing mm-hmm. and to be able to keep them as safe as y'all have negotiated mm-hmm. like if, if you want to negotiate anything harder than that then sure learn something else to acquiesce that yeah get to that point where you can do multiple things for your partner and to spice up your y'all's love life but uh, part of what I wanted to mention with this topic is education as an institution, because there are power dynamics that go along with who is educating who, who gets access to what. Um, some people even go specifically for that thing. Some people like the uh, professor-student um, fantasy thing, right, yeah. as a, um, a DS kind of thing. Um 
And that's reflective of a real power who has the knowledge can often influence other people and who is experienced can often wield their educational clout in ways that are maybe not so cool some of the time. Or most of the time. Have you seen that out in the world? Yes. Um, a lot of that's reflected on we. There's this wonderful Southern saying, or it, I don't know. I, I wonder if it's permeated the. I'm pretty sure it's permeated the entire like globe. Is respecting your elders because they have knowledge. Oh, that's all over the globe. Yeah. Yeah, that's knowledge. That's information that they they they've have a lived experience. So they're obviously far more qualified and far and should be respected. My favorite Southern saying is, I'll suck your dick for a magazine of 45 ACP. <laughs> Why Sorry, is go on. <laughs> um, there, we, globally, that's, pro that's probably the most like common thing that you hear as far as like respecting your elders because they have more knowledge than you ever will if you're younger than them. Mm. Um, that, tra that has transitioned into kink as well because... There is arguably people that have been in the community significantly longer than me mm -hmm. that do have vast amounts of knowledge right. that will teach you or gatekeep you. Mm -hmm. And the thing we don't like is gatekeeping. But there's also an argument to be said that just because they have age on their, on their side doesn't mean they have the experience. Yeah. So all they achieved was not dying. Pretty much. And some people think that's a great thing. Other people think that's not a great thing. I'm of the latter. Mm. So you run into people that are arguably 20, 30 years older than you. And the common consensus when you walk into the walk into a king scene is that, oh, this person's older. They must know what they're talking about. Right, right. As opposed to someone that you that's walking in young that you don't necessarily know what they've done maybe they spent their better half of the 20s actually traveling going to kink oriented places and learning everything they know right yeah so there's a really interesting argument to be made or maybe on they had uh parents that were into it and while they didn't get pulled into anything sexual their parents did explain the fundamentals to them and set them up with safe places to go once they did hit of age i actually know two different people that have had that experience i know i know uh one person that had that that experience mm -hmm. so there's something to be said about that mm -hmm. where there you have an individual that has been brought up by alternative lifestyle individuals that were given the the tools when they got of age to do everything safely mm -hmm. to do everything with a, a healthy heft amount of knowledge mm -hmm. that somebody that has turned 35 45 55 just mm -hmm. getting into the scene would look and scoff at because they're young what the hell do they know yeah so. or some people like i know there are some groups of men that join during their midlife crisis yeah probably post-divorce or they finally got out of the military and can now go to the blacklisted places that they weren't allowed to mm -hmm. various various things people's right. people's lives will dictate when they join and when they don't join mm -hmm. when you join is not uh, not an issue ever i just want to clarify that mm -hmm. the thing with education is that your first primary goal should be to be able to please your partner. Mm. That is a perfect baseline. If that's where you want to stop, cool. If you're going to be teaching other people, if you're going to be influencing other people, understanding that you do have a monicum amount of power behind that mm. and not abusing that is a, is, an, is a good rule of thumb, I, mm -hmm. guess is a, I guess is a good way of doing that. Yeah. 
or if also not judging people based on their age mm-hmm. um and kind of understanding where pe- some people are because like yeah. like we've both said we've seen people that have come into a kink scene at the age of 18 probably knowing more than me mm-hmm. about certain aspects of their life um there's also different areas in kink where it takes a lot longer to learn all the things like mm-hmm. the leather lifestyle is a very complicated a nuanced set of things yeah that's kind of the point is that it's heavily regulated and rules-based because it's got a lot of post-military people in it right mm-hmm. a lot of post-military people also a lot of people that are uh, we would consider old guard mm. um people that have been actively kinky for over 30 40 years yeah that are basically passing down that knowledge and that structure and that protocol down to the next generation the next generation so on and so forth mm-hmm. um and even with them, their education typically doesn't stop until they reach masterhood. Mm-hmm. Um, this is different from the MS dynamic. This is their entire lifestyle. Um, if you've given back to the community in, in more ways than one that's beneficial, you receive a cover. Mm-hmm. And that means you've reached master status. That is supposed to, supposed to be the end of your leather journey is reaching that. Mm-hmm. And that requires years right, right. of experience and years of practice. Whereas someone that's going into the king scene as a boot black, um, someone that has a real like understanding and wanting and sometimes fetishization of blacking somebody's boots, uh, polishing and all that jazz, only has to learn one thing mm-hmm. and well, several things if it's regarding their own their own fetish. Mm-hmm. Um, they probably only have to know that specific much, but they're probably going to go into a deep dive. Right. Um, the culture of it, this, the, that, why is it important? Why do they have a fetishization for it? All that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas someone that's doing whips, um, not a performative aspect of it is doing it. So you need to understand exactly how fast that crack travels. Mm-hmm. Um, how quick is it to break skin? Um, like these are the, these are the things that would kind of dictate where and how far you would go into it right so the the skill set is what would limit you or not even limit you would would be your end goal Mm -hmm. like if you can get to that get to a point where you feel like you've mastered it i guess would be the easiest way of doing that Mm -hmm. um and rope is probably the most taxing one Mm. because you will never really feel like a master until you've gotten exclusively trained for two weeks with a Japanese master. And even then, um, it could take you years right, to perfect it. It can take you years. And there's always still a chance of you harming somebody because it's rope. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where lack of attention or even too much attention can cause an issue. Right. So as far as like educate, because I know there's there's no kink. There's no real kink institutions. There's just people that have gotten to a point yeah, excuse me. That was a uh, gassy. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people that have found their niche and found out that they have a, they have more educational experience in certain regards that are now teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on should education be free? I think all education should be free, but I think people should be compensated for their time. Fair. I I asked this as an individual that just yeah. dealt with an institution. <laughs> Um, uh, personally, I think that's accurate. I think education and information should be free, but the people that are teaching it are the ones that should be compensated. Mm-hmm. That is, that is pretty much where I stand on that. If now if someone's willing to teach you for nothing, sure, fine. 
the information's there. There's always something, right? There's no such thing as a free lunch. Um, most of the time, if somebody will teach you for free, um, likely there will be... You've probably been scouted as a good student by them. Um, they're probably trusting you with their um, their legacy as their student. Um, and you're probably going to say nice things about them if they taught you for free and they taught you well. Like, there are benefits past the monetary for teaching people. Yeah. Vetting. Vetting is a good thing. Vetting. Having a, having a good name mm. is, is part of the equation. In that for one. me, knowing that there is a significantly less or smaller chance of a fuck up out there because I curated one of the people that's practicing is something that eases my brain <laughs> if that makes any sense no that does make sense um i know whenever i've i think the only time i've ever been paid for anything was it was a 201 type class centered around sadistic rope mm-hmm. um as a as a concept and not as a like you have to do the thing and you don't have to like have any formula you just have to understand how how you can hurt someone with mm-hmm. this piece of rope yeah um that was the only time i've ever been paid to teach Mm -hmm. um because honestly the information i have is information that i've gotten from various different channels i think the better way to phrase how i feel about that is you should be paid whenever you perform okay because i think teaching is ultimately performance and if like if the performance isn't attached to it then the amount of capital it takes to access it should be lesser. So if I were to teach rope, I would have no problems putting out like a PDF manual for free, but um, charging for my in-person classes, but not feeling bad if somebody, if I were to upload those for free, right? Yeah. I don't know that there's a there's a there's going to be a little bit of disconnect with uh, certain teaching methods because you have some uh, big name riggers that don't share their 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 techniques specifically because if someone recreates those techniques without learning the proper process on how to get to that specific thing mm-hmm. it could cause damage. Right. So those are some things that that are are going to always have that little bit of separation, mm-hmm. I guess. Because usually you can find, you can go on YouTube right now and, and type in fundamentals of Shibari. Mm-hmm. You will find hundreds of videos. What you won't find are masterclass techniques. Mm-hmm. And if you do, they're pirated and they're gifted. Or there may be like one person whose thing is that they're doing masterclass techniques for free. Mm-hmm. And that's why they have all the clout. Could be. Um, I Although I don't know if... I can't remember if anybody's actually done their stuff for free, which is... I've got someone I could show you and get your feedback on, but I'm, I'm not confident to put my foot down on that. That's fair. But uh, outside of the Shibari sphere, there are a couple of YouTubers who have basically said, what I'm doing is giving you the degree that I spent money on for free in the form of entertaining YouTube videos. I was like, I really like that. That's a good thing. Wish I didn't hate editing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's That's fair. Um, I see a copy of Adobe Premiere and I shit myself. Like, <laughs> just defecate everywhere. God, I 
this is why I think I have like anxiety whenever it comes to editing any of these. When I look open like Vegas Pro, it's like I could do so much, but I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the whole keep it simple, stupid. It's kind of the 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 basis for for my. I'm gonna buy a trank gun and go find an editor. <laughs> Just out in the wild. Yeah. Should be out the HGB like. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I think there's a lot of really do- they, you so know, like wake up in front of like a, a a big rig computer with a catheter in them and be like go <laughs> edit I don't know what you want yes you do make art <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible although it's probably somebody's kink if your kink is uh, being pressed into slave service for a video editor email me at Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now they're vigorously looking at the description for the email address. That's fine. Um, no, I just think it's interesting. I do like the concept of so whenever we at the rope studio at the rope dojo that partly owned, uh, I like the way that we did it. It was only it was a five dollar entry fee just so we kept the lights on. Whoever was yeah. teaching was teaching it for free, essentially, and then part of the proceeds would go to them if they wanted it or whatever. Um, I like that. It's the thing I really like about the monetization methods behind, like, um, YouTube and Twitch. There are a million flaws, but a thing that I like is that you, you're sponsoring the space rather than any of the individual things that come through the space. Correct. And I think that's really neat. It is a very good thing, and... There's there's this weird, stupid saying, you can't put a price on knowledge. It's like, you can. People but, do. And people do. Why do you think textbooks are $500 a fucking book? Uh-huh. That still irks me. Because universities don't pay their professors enough. No, they do not. Um, I just... I just... I think this would have been an, an easy, a good debate. Uh, well, it really wouldn't have been a good debate because we're both on the same page. Um, just a good way to like, kind of like hammer home why this is this is all free why there's no monetization about all of this um because i think that education on all fronts should be free the only limitation you should put is the one that you put on yourself and where you feel like you're going mm-hmm. honestly um i liked the performative aspect of my thing so i kept going and going and going still to this day actually um and i think that's i think that's important for the individual to figure out is mm-hmm. where do they want this to go yeah. if this is just a fun weekend time by all means you don't have to do the elaborate stuff you really don't it's at that point it's mise en place like mm-hmm. or or d'oeuvres hors d'oeuvres <laughs> hors d'oeuvres uh, no I'm not going to say that the, again. The way orders is spelled is the reason we had the Hundred Years' War. <laughs> this is why every anime and manga has a tuning exam, essentially. Um, anything else you'd like to add for this one? Because I know this is more of a this was more of a kind of like a nuance, and I, a lot of this leads up to the really big end point on this conversation mm-hmm. is money. Yeah, money. Um. Yeah, the things that I wanted to point out were education is an institution and how we navigate it is important. Um, But because it's such a big, complicated thing, like the acquisition of knowledge and skills, 
Um, this, more than anything else, you have to know what you want, even if that thing is, I want to figure out what I want. Um, both of those are valid. And, like, just, just know what you're looking for, and that will stop you from wasting time, and it will stop people who have education as part of their power block um, from exploiting you. Mm-hmm. I can agree with that. I think the one thing that I will add to that is if you're trying to do like the crazy, really, really pretty, pretty things you see on FetLife or even Twitter for that matter, uh, Reddit even, um, do try to take into consideration what got that person to be able to do those skills. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing I'd, I'd like to kind of add as a caveat for that. Because there are there are some photos where I see people getting beaten black and blue. Mm -hmm. Probably they've taken a good amount of time to understand their partner's body right. at that point to understand exactly how to maintain or to get to that point where they can play like that. Mm -hmm. um, that's my biggest takeaway from everything is so that no one gets harmed mm -hmm. is to understand just how f and to understand a good amount of what your partner requires or what your partner wants and your skill set where it's at. One of my teachers said that the the biggest crux of education is process and the process of just process in general. Understand how the thing we call process functions and understand how to get from A to B with this process. And it might be more than um, skin turn blue success. Like there is a set of things that make the thing that you want to happen, happen. And you assemble those and you learn how it works and you go through the process. Um, this used to be something that I railed against heavily because I don't like being told what to do. And Mood. <laughs> um the idea that there is only one way to approach something uh, was a problem with me, and a thing that was not properly explained by this teacher. But you will form your own process to doing things, and that is where your own sense of style will emerge. I guarantee you that Kanoko's ropes do not look like his mentors, and ours do not look like his. Mm -hmm. In, like, they don't look identical. And... If you were in this for any sense of the art, and I believe that a lot of you are, then that process is not only where you gain new knowledge, but you invent new knowledge of your own. Evolution of one's own technique at that point. Well, that's where it becomes your technique instead of someone else's. That's fair. That's why I don't think there's any shame in like a certain amount of uh, tracing or copying or whatnot, if you're not just trying to literally reproduce the same thing, there will be enough of your own flaws as you figure it out that you'll discover things that you like more than what you're learning and something new will be born. Well, I know um, some in some forms of like body modification, like tattoo artists, mm -hmm. they'll have, like if you want to specialize in certain things, they'll have you go over those pieces. Mm -hmm. that you want to start if you let's say if you want to like specialize in like anime manga and hentai like um tattooing 
your inst- your um, your instructor may actually have you like trace over all of those mediums mm-hmm. to get down the specifics. Yeah, and a lot of your customers are going to come in and say, "I want that." Exactly. Like okay. That. Do you want it to look like this? No, I want that. I want you to take this picture and I want you to put it on my skin. Mm-hmm. And you're like, "Okay, person, giving me one thousand dollars, I will do that for you. I, I shall do that." Mind if I add a little bit of my own flair? Nope, not at all. <clears throat> Extra $500 right there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's, that's as far as what I wanted to talk about, education. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the thing that at the end of this part is where it's probably we're going to... This will meld into a whole other conversation at some point. Another here. conversation? Yeah. What happens when no one has the money to do the thing that they want? As far as like learning. Well, here's another question. Uh, what happens when there is no feasible way to access a thing? Sail Let's say seven seas. Uh, yeah, we ask: Is it seaworthy? Does it float? Do we yell ahoy? <laughs> <laughs> we do. Yes, we. We we dust off our uh, our pirate hats and our eye patches and our uh, birds. Well, here here is one of the rules of people, right? If people want something, they'll get it. Mm-hmm. They will take the path of least resistance. Yeah, that they will. Sometimes the path of least resistance is two hundred dollars. Sometimes having to pay. $5,000 for everything you want means that that is no longer the path of least resistance. Yep. Is that it? No. Okay. For, for, for so if this even reaches the audience that um that we we're, we're talking about right now, mm-hmm. um the people that can't get access to like hell, even some places that don't have access to communities mm-hmm. where all this is like um, I know when I was living in Guam, there was no community out of there. Uh-huh. Um, you basically, if you got lucky, you got lucky. Um, and if you're kinky, God help you uh, if you're on that island by yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some places that just don't have access to anything other than like internet. And even then, it may not be a good amount of place. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the only thing I can recommend as far as like not having access to stuff like that is definitely then definitely go online. Everything is transferred to online. You can definitely see everything. And if most of the time they're free or there's a donation behind it that you aren't required to actually leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, food for thought. That's just my personal recommendation, especially if there's not a local community that you have or have access to. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like the opera forms of education, if you can't have access to that, Land home. Mm-hmm. But that will... Where? But where? And how? I honestly don't know. I didn't... But... I just want to know where the land hose are. <laughs> I mean, they'll come back out once... Well, they're probably already out because... Removal of... Are you lock- saying the hose have been let out? I'm assuming so, considering where we live. <laughs> the hose are out where we live, yes. Yeah. And they probably shouldn't be because of, you know, the... Deadly super virus. (laughs) Yeah, that's still raging. Sort of 
more than likely. You hear next week about the T-Strain being released. Oh my god, I would... I don't even know if I'd shoot myself anymore. Like, I've, I've gotten so accustomed to being inside, it's kind of offensive. Hmm. But no, this this end of this topic will end up leading, in, leading into a, a completely different discussion as far as what cl- how people experience kink differently as far as class is concerned. Mm-hmm. And that one may... I don't know if it'll end up being... I don't think it'll be hyperbolic or anything like that or, or nothing against people that have means uh, to do the crazier things. Uh, but there is a class disparity as far as people get getting to play and people getting to do whatever the hell they want. Mm. Because if you have money, you can do what the hell you want. That's just how the world works, sadly. Yeah, I don't like that. Neither do I. <laughs> so until next time, Auf Wiedersehen. Au revoir, Jeanne. Catch you next time. Peace! Ah! <laughs>